Hey, hey, my name is Kirsten Galfan, and I'm so glad you're here. We'll be chatting and getting pumped up about how to make your life better and healthier, and sometimes easier and more fun too, right? I get to coach and train people like you almost every day, and we bring the fun, accountability, and results to where you're at right now. We'll be here weekly with a fun and crazy mix of inspiration and application, incredible guests, and your quick Friday victory lap. You are here at the Making Changes You Love to Live With podcast. All right. Woo, woo, woo. I am excited to see you. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me on your uh, program here. It's so cool. I love doing this podcast because I love people and I love when I hear inspiring stories. And so I was working with you um, like as, you know, a first time corporate client. And I was like, you know what? More people need to hear what I'm hearing right now because it's so inspiring. It's so important. Uh, You can probably hear in my voice and you probably heard this when we met too, that I love what I do. And I just think it's so important to make changes you love to live with. And so that is kind of always been my mission and vision for fitness inspired for the work I do uh, with people. And I'm just so excited to have you on. Can you tell us who you are and just a little snippet about like if we met on the street, what you'd say about yourself? Oh, okay. Uh, my name is Peter Mack. Uh, I'm a, uh, a model maker by profession. Uh, so I build prototype models. And so uh, right now I'm a um, pretty active person. I've, uh, and I've been active for quite some time. I've had some health issues that I think when you and I had our first little consulting uh, meeting, I think you were surprised by what my story was. And um, I, I knew going into it, it's like, she isn't going to have a clue what I'm going to tell her. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> and you know, that's so fun because the, some of the best meetings and the, the best outcomes I have with people is when I go in, like, let the magic happen. Like I had, yes, no clue what was going to come of our meeting. And I was so fired up. And that's why I asked you to be here. So please. Okay. So I'm going to try to recreate this as much as possible and fail okay. completely at it. But let's just like start from we just met and I was trying to kind of get to the heart of how you wanted to either improve your fitness, maintain your health and fitness, or like a challenge or anything like that. That's kind of, I was like, where should we start? And you were like, well, let me tell you. Um, and you were like super humble and everything, which I appreciate. And then as we dug into the story of your backstory, I was like, wow, um, you train like an athlete and it's not always easy, right? Like sometimes oh, we have to not. show up. Yeah. It's not always easy. And so take us where you want to take us as far as like, um, what, like what got you involved in working out and moving your body? Let's start there. Okay. Um, actually after our meeting, I thought about this a little bit more and 
Yeah. I've been, you know, kind of an athlete all my life. I started playing soccer when I was six years old, probably. And I played until I was 26, you know, on traveling teams and men's teams and whatnot. And then uh, went to school and did intramural sports in college. Um, I had a bike. I used to cycle just basically to get around, but uh, I enjoyed doing that. But all at the same time, um, I had a terrible addiction. I was smoking and um, I probably smoked for 35 years Yeah. Uh, doing all of those things. So yeah. you, can, yeah. you can do a lot of physical activity and still smoke. It's not smart. But, so but what's, <laughs> yeah, what's really cool, and I'm sure you've seen this since you've quit, that our body has this amazing way to adapt. And I remember when I learned this in, I think it was a heart class in exercise science at one point about how your body can fully rebound from smoking yeah. was insane to me. So feel empowered if you have a habit that you're like wanting to, you know, improve, get rid of, or improve yourself on it. It is, there's light at the end of the tunnel and it will make a difference for you to do the hard work of doing that. How did you quit smoking? Was that hard for you? It was incredibly hard for me. Um, and I had tried all types of different things and I would wean myself down to where I just had two or three cigarettes a day and yeah. I just couldn't get over it. And further along in my story, I was cycling at a, at a pretty good uh, level. Mm -hmm. I was going out with group rides and we were maintaining, you know, a 23 to 24 mile an hour pace and going for a couple hours doing that. And I was always lagging behind it. I knew I just could, didn't have the capacity to breathe. And uh, so I actually got hypnotized. <laughs> really? It, it was great. <laughs> and I, you know, I walked, I like flicked a cigarette out the window and I pulled into this woman's driveway and I walked out and I didn't have, I didn't smoke after that. Oh my goodness. Your, your story <laughs> just continues to amaze me. Okay. I have to like point out a couple of things. So when you started off, you said basically you have been an athlete all the time. Cause I, I was really like saying that this is part of your identity, like being an athlete is part of your identity. And even the story of about quitting smoking, you know, I'm sure, I mean, I'm so interested of like how that <laughs> been with the hypnotist, but I think part of it, when you were leading up to it, you said, all of a sudden I realized that smoking was holding me back yeah. from being from my goals, that I, what better. I wanted to do to performance your goals, exactly yeah. from your goals. And sometimes we just need to find that why yep. that will be like, okay, here we go. Right. Yeah. And I can think of different times in my life where I didn't have the motivation to kind of get over the hump on something. And then something happened like that. I wasn't hypnotized, but maybe, um, <laughs> but something happened where it just clicked in me. Like, no, I want to do this for my daughter or like whatever yeah. it is, like something clicked in me and I'm like, whoa, 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 Kirsten, who do you want to be right now? And it sounds like that was part of your quitting smoking story. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I would suggest to anyone, you know, I it it's an incredibly 
tough addiction. And I could start smoking again today. I, it's it's with you. It yeah. doesn't go away. Uh-huh. I don't think about it as much, but I still do. And uh-huh. I would tell anybody, you know, talk to people that have quit, find out what worked from them, try uh-huh. that. If it works, great. If it doesn't, move on to the next thing. And that's how I got to, well, I've tried everything else. I might as well try this hypnosis and see if it works. And I was shocked. I really was because I just walked out of there. It's just like, well, uh, no, I'm, I, I don't want to smoke. <laughs> it was yeah. the weirdest thing. And for about, I don't know, a week after that, I like all of those days, you know, like smokers smoke at a certain time. Right. You wake up in the morning and that wasn't for me, but you know, that first cup of coffee or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and I just, I'd be sitting there. It's like, well, it's, you know, it's eight o'clock at break time or whatever. It's yeah. like, I don't, I don't, I'm not even thinking, I would surprise myself that I was thinking, I don't want to smoke. Uh-huh. uh-huh. So, um, so I would just, you know, don't quit trying to find whatever works because you'll find something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think what brought me really back or what got me to really exercising yeah and because I always you know I cycled and I always kind of poo-pooed at the you know guys that went out and ran or you went to the gym or it's like I don't have time for that Mm -hmm. um and then I had uh over the course of probably two years when I was I was working uh my back just slowly deteriorated till the point where I actually ruptured a disc in my uh L4 L5 Mm-hmm. and that is an incredibly painful thing mm-hmm. and uh, I went through the process and I had an MRI they identified the problem talked to a surgeln they removed a piece of that disc and then they told me just to walk walk as much as you can walk uh-huh. to do recovery yeah and when they said that how did you like do you remember how you felt about that did that like yeah. Cause if, if a surgeon told me that like, okay, walk. And that's what, did they imply that that's the only thing you're about to do? Or? No, yeah. That was it. It was like, okay, yeah. just do, go do some walking for a couple of weeks and you'll be fine. Uh-huh. And uh, that really didn't make sense to me. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And yeah. I did a little, I did some research and yeah. um, talked to some other people that had back surgery. Mm-hmm. And at the time I was, 45, 50 pounds overweight or what weight I would want to be. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, I started doing some dieting and I started uh, swimming because it was mm-hmm. no impact. I could just go and the first little bit, one, because I was overweight and smoking, I uh, um, just walked in the water. But yeah. I had swam when I was a kid, like on an outdoor swim team. Mm-hmm. And I, I enjoyed it. I enjoy swimming. I didn't mind doing laps. So yeah. I started swimming and not too much, you know, three, four months later, I could swim a mile. Yeah. And then but I just you didn't start it. there, but yeah. you didn't start there. You did what you could do. Yeah. And then you momentum built. And then before you knew it, you were swimming a mile. Like right. that's incredible. What helped you like keep showing up for that process? I would drive directly from work. Now I had, at that time I had two little kids. Okay. Uh, 
wife and the whole family and yeah and I wanted to commit to doing it so mm -hmm. I would drive directly from work to the pool yeah if I know I know if I go home I yeah. go into dad mode and then yeah. there's all of those other things that you have to do yeah. and I never get around to exercising um I know I have to do it that's why I love right now that I can exercise at work yeah um or I meet somebody like we leave from work and we go mountain biking or yeah. whatever those things are. So for me to go home, uh, I know it doesn't work for me. Mm -hmm. So it's yeah. much better for me to have a plan and then just follow with that plan and, and have somebody else to do it with, you know, that you're kind of committed to. Yeah. Oh, so good. And we can really tackle anything in life like that. Anything. Yeah, I think so. So as I continued on, yeah, you know, swimming every day, I probably swam for a good two years. And I, uh, I was talking to friends of mine that had done a triathlon. I'm like, well, I could do that. I could cycle and I don't like to run. Um, I never have, mm -hmm. uh, even I mean, I ran track in high school, but I sprinted, you know, I yeah. ran a hundred, 110 meter hurdles and that's as far as I need to run. <laughs> right, right. Pretend like someone's chasing you. Yeah, and then exactly. You're done. You're done. <laughs> I but, feel that completely. And I do fitness for a living. And so we can, I mean, you are amazing. And um, there's so many options and so many intertwinings that it's like, okay, if you hate to run or don't like to run or you don't like to do X, Y, or Z, we can still do <laughs> work. Yeah, don't do it. Let's make changes we love to live with. Yeah, exactly. And there's other things that we can get that same result that you're after if sure. you work with a plan and do your research and get a coach, things like that. Sorry, sorry. keep going. So you keep going. Um, so I did a couple of triathlons and I did really good. I was a strong swimmer for my age group. I would always be in the easy top 10. Cycling, I was a good cyclist. Um, I could just really lay it out and then I would get to the, the run. I'd park my bike and I would do the little transition and put your shoes on and it would be like, my legs were full of lead and like, I don't want to do this. I'm, can't we just have just the, the swim bike triathlon, right. although it's not a triathlon, You're right, right. but I would go and I'd run the 10 K or whatever it was, or half walk it and jog it and around until I got to the end and then that just completely ruined my time uh, and I, if I was glad that I did it I was yeah. glad that I participated in it and it's it was fun to train for those things mm -hmm. um and then I just I kept on I kept on cycling and um a friend of mine at work um it was in the winter time he said yeah I'm gonna go cross-country skiing after work and like, cross -country. I love to cross-country ski so uh, I said, oh, you know, I'll meet you. And we figured out where to go and whatnot. And uh, I had my, brought my skis and I showed up there and he's in like full uh, cross country gear with, you know, he's got like a whole quiver of skis in the back of his car and a, a wax box. And like, what, I don't know what it is you're <laughs> doing, but <laughs> this, this isn't what I was expecting. <laughs> Right. And so what was great is that he uh, said, you know, don't, don't worry about that. Let's just go ski. Yeah. So we did. And he's a natural coach when it comes to cross country skiing and just, he's like, no, 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 no. 
you know, do this technique or, or work on this. And then uh, I had a, just a fabulous time. It was great. Uh, we developed a really good friendship from this and um, I'm great friends with him still. We train together all the time uh, and we ski together all the time still. Yeah, so awesome. So he uh, challenged me to ski the American Berkebiner which in my eyes yeah, is kind of like the Boston Marathon of cross-country skiing in the United States. It's the Boston. biggest cross-country ski race. It's uh, 10,000 people ski it. So it's a huge, huge thing up in Hayward, Wisconsin. Uh, and there's, you know, multiple classes. And then, you know, the, the actual Berkebiner is uh, maybe eight or nine waves of people. So like okay. there's the elites are actual Olympic caliber yeah. Olympians, people from other, you know, Olympic teams from other countries. They're, they're the big boys, the yeah. guys that really can go. And then. So they know, start, do they start? They start. Yep. Okay. And then, uh, then, you know, the, the subsequent waves, usually it's based on what you've done in the past on time and whatnot, but it's a, uh, it's 55 kilometers for the classic and, yeah. 50 for the skate skiers are two different techniques. Uh -huh. um, so I did a couple of races here in Michigan before I did the Berkebiner, which is, okay. that, uh -huh. and that's always, it's at the end of February. Okay. Uh, so there was lots of training and. I have a quick question on that for sure. the people like me that and maybe you were like this when you first met your friend for cross-country skiing I'm just picturing like my mom and her snow pants and like going like this give us a picture of what well, kind of like a that's what I level. was doing yeah yeah <laughs> right, he's so. gliding he's just like step this big long glide step yep. big long glide I'm like I don't know what it is you're doing <laughs> that is not what I that's not what I thought this was and uh I don't know. It, I don't know if you've ever watched it on like the Olympics. Yeah. Uh, to watch those people ski, I can identify what they're doing where most okay. people don't. They, they yeah, look at it and it's like, well, they're doing the same thing. I, when I go out, I'm oh. shuffling along. Yeah. Um, what's great, like now I ski, you know, uh, early Saturday morning at the place I ski and there'll be families there and they're always, Oh, we're sorry to get in your way. It's like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Yeah. I want you to be out here. Yeah. You know, not only are you there with your family and your kids, mm -hmm. uh, but you're being active and you're doing something. I just do this all the time. So uh, I'm just better at it. I yeah. thousands and thousands of kilometers. Right. Right. You've but, um, got your reps in. And I will always help somebody on the trail where they're like, they're sitting at the top of the hill and I ski up and I know exactly what they're doing. Yeah. I'm really scared. I don't want to go down this hill. Yeah. The place I ski really doesn't have hills. Yeah. They're little downhills. Little but, um, I always, I stand there and I, it's like I coach them. This is, this is how you go down a hill. Okay, so coach me right now. So I'm at the hill. Okay, and I'm so I would out. I would say to you, hey, yep. how's it going today? You know, you're thinking about this hill here. Yeah, I don't really want to go down this. And I like, I tell you what, what's your favorite drink? Okay. What's your? You favorite want me to answer it? Yeah. Um, my first instinct was coffee. I don't know. Okay, that's fine. You've got <laughs> you've got a tray of coffee. 
okay. for you and your friend, your friend's down at the bottom of the hill and you want to bring her a cup of coffee. Okay. So you've got a tray. So get okay. in and that, you know, we're skiing. So get in an athletic position, you know, okay. bend your knees, yeah. kind of squat down a little bit and hold your ski poles behind you, but pretend you're holding a, a tray of coffee. Okay. 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 Yeah. Every which, if you turn that tray of coffee, you're going to go in that direction. If you turn it the other way, you're going to go in that direction. Yeah. But if you just hold it in front of you and let it go up and down without thinking about what your feet are doing, just hold on to that tray of coffee. Yeah. Then you'll be down at the bottom of the hill. So then I do it. I go to the oh, bottom and then I turn around and oh, yeah. say, okay, come on down, bring me my drink. And, yeah. And bring me my drink. Out of 10, they get to the bottom and they're like, oh my God, I can't believe I did it. Right. Oh my <laughs> Sometimes gosh. Okay. They fall on their butt and they get back up and get down, but that's okay. Exactly. And that's okay too. And I love that you go first, you, you know, that was a great visual and we can apply that to any way we want to lead or coach or help people is we can, we can do that for, so thank you for taking me through that. Yeah. I think um, similar to what you do, you yeah. know, you coach something, but you find something that, it, that they identify with. Now I love cross country skiing. I truly yeah. do. I go and ski just for the fun of it. Yeah. When I'm not like actively training and it's like, oh, I got to go ski, you know, 25K today just mm -hmm. so that I have the endurance to ski these races. Right. But if I can, I'll go ski just 5K, you know, one big loop. And, but if I see somebody, I can, especially little kids, help them out. Yeah. It's like, here's what you, you need to do this, you know, move yeah. your foot forward. Don't just uh -huh. shuffle and uh -huh. just work on that. Yeah. So it's okay. fun to do. That's so cool. Um, I don't know if I can like, I want to jump a little bit because okay. I want to get to this. And can you tell us about a time in like your health history that you were like, whoa, this could be taken all away from me yeah. and what you did. And let's talk through that a little bit. Okay. Um, so last year in last July, July, 2021, I went to my doctor for my normal physical, um, and I had just met my girlfriend and I was like, really like, boy, I want to stick with her. Yeah. And, um, my father had died when he was 49. So I was 23 when he died. Um, and I knew that my family history didn't, wasn't looking good for me. Mm -hmm. And I asked my doctor that I wanted a test that would assess the health of my heart. Mm -hmm. um, now at this point, and he, I have a very good relationship with my doctor. Mm -hmm. um, he knows I ski, that I cycle. I, you know, I do all these, I kettlebell. Mm -hmm. um, so he knows I do all of these things. So he's like, you know, your blood work. And it's like, you know, I want blood work. I want, there's gotta be some way mm -hmm. that you can say, yes, you're good or no, boy, we got to do something. Yeah. And so he listened to me Yeah. and he wrote, he goes, you know, insurance. I was like, I don't care about insurance. I, yeah. I'm not asking you about yeah. insurance. I want to mm -hmm. know what my heart is like. Right. And okay. so, he so wrote, I, I want us to like commend you, commend the doctor for listening you to you. Like sometimes we just know. Yeah. You just, we, or we want to know the, the data, right? right? So we can decide what to do from there. And you're right. Like anyone meeting you on the street, 
And even someone super qualified, if you really wouldn't advocate it for yourself, like this doctor is super qualified and he knows you, so that helps. And you both trust each other. But honestly, like, I think it's pretty incredible that you both like challenged the status quo in that way and went with that. I think so. Um, So he, he wrote the test. I went and had a, a, uh, a CAT scan of my heart with, mm-hmm. um, uh, they put some kind of dye in there then they can see if there's a blockage or something. And, um, you know, the radiologist report came the next day or so, and they said it was inconclusive that I really should see a cardiologist. I'm like, okay. So it just so happens that the next day I, I, I don't know how, Whoever wrote the report, sent it through. I was assigned to a cardiologist. I went and there was an opening. I saw him the next day. Wow. Um, told that guy, the cardiologist, mm-hmm. what I did cycling and cross-country skiing and I do, you know, endurance training. And he's like, yeah, you know, stress test isn't going to do you any good. Mm-hmm. Let's just get, we'll catheterize you through your wrist and visually look at your heart through the yeah. arteries. For the listener, let's go, because I understand that the reason why the stress test was not going to do us any good in this circumstance was because you were in such great shape. I could pass it. Easy, you could easy. pass it. Yeah. I could just Without, get on the treadmill. I don't like running right. on a treadmill, but I can sit but there you and can like, do it. turn right. it up. Let's go. Right. Right. Exactly. And to okay. me, I was like, are we going to do like a VO2 max so I can see right. what those numbers are? Right. He's like, right. yeah, no, we don't do that. Dang it. <laughs> I would ask the same thing. Okay. So I so, just wanted the listener to understand sure, that. Sure. Yeah. Um, I go in, have my catheterization, which you're kind of, I forget what they give you something. You're kind of loopy, but I couldn't see what was going on. I watched the monitor and, uh, it doesn't take very long. And I was assuming that he was going to like put a stint in somewhere and then send me on my way. Okay. And I get back to the room. Uh Uh-huh. And he comes in and he's just looking at me, the look on his face, I will never forget. He's like, um, that wasn't good. Uh (laughs) I'm going to suggest that you have a quadruple bypass. You have one artery that's hundred percent blocked, two that are 80% blocked and one that's 50. So there's like the three that go across the top of your heart. And then there's one that goes down the side. Uh, and He's like, you need to get this done right now. Like, okay. okay, so so tell the listener, normal people that don't have the endurance training and background that you have, kind of like the average sedentary adult, yep. if they had a 100% blockage of any of those major arteries, what would happen to them? You would have a heart attack that you yeah. most likely are going to recover from. Right. Exactly. Or you would, somebody, if you were fortunate enough that somebody found you like right when you had that heart attack mm-hmm. and they life flighted you yeah. and did that whole, and then you go get to a, a trauma center where they have yeah. the ability to get you into a surgery theater and have open heart surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, then they would try, they would probably try and stent you at that time, but if not, they would take you right to surgery and and put in a bypass. Right. Um, the and chances like, of you surviving that are not very big. 
Right. And the first time that you told me this, and then this time again, I just had the chills because I know how, like a couple of things. One, it's like, if that's not a testament that you have more work to do on this world, I don't know yeah. what is. Yeah, exactly. And then also from a science perspective, I was like, holy smokes. I remember learning the first time I learned about how you're a, you're heart arteries can adapt in such a way that it's literally like going around a minor blockage. And for you, it's like, that was probably doing that on multiple levels because of your training. My surgeon said the really thing other than taking the test and identifying the problem, but the skiing and cycling uh, was the only reason I was there, but I was going to have a, the classic widow maker heart attack. Mm -hmm. And there would have been no recovery from it, Mm -hmm. just as like my dad had, Mm -hmm. it would have been the exact same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And you were already doing things. I'm guessing, correct me if I'm wrong, but you have done things from a behavioral standpoint to, you know, there's like five major risk factors we look for and for heart conditions, patients, Mm -hmm. things like that. Um, from like a health fitness behavioral standpoint, and, uh, you were already doing, you were making some changes different than your dad maybe had made. Like, what would you say the main thing? If I don't mind, if you don't mind me asking that helped you do that, like, was it the fear or was it the love of the sport and being out there combination of the two Uh, personal? It was. For me, it was more personal. I wanted to see my kids. My kids are in their 20s, but I wanted to see them live their life and uh, do those things. And I uh, was dating a wonderful woman, and I still am. Um, So she was important to me. And then I just, you know, I didn't want to die. (laughs) It's pretty straightforward. Let's go. (laughs) Let's get it. things to do. Okay. So, so now, now what, where are we at? I think I had to wait about a week and a half, two weeks. Uh, so, uh, September 9th, 2021, I had uh, a quadruple bypass. I went to the Meyer heart center in Grand Rapids and, uh, you know, just walked in like, okay, let's do this. And, I remember talking to the anesthesiologist and he's like, I'm going to do this and that. It's like, and I had, you know, I had researched it then. And then it's like, oh, now I got something else to research. I'll look this stuff <laughs> up. You can find a ton of stuff on YouTube about open heart surgery. Right. Um, but I, you know, did the surgery and they're like, okay, 99. And I woke up and I remember being in the cardiac ICU and just kind of coming to and I was still intubated and um, they're trying to tell me what to do. And I am flipping out, okay. like get this thing out of my throat. Uh-huh. And they, they had me strapped down uh-huh. and I was fighting them hard. Uh-huh. <laughs> and you uh, remember this. I remember or did they that. Just tell yeah. you it? And then they, okay. they put me back under really fast. Uh-huh. uh-huh. And then. Then they brought me back up, um, according to my girlfriend, another half an hour later or so. Uh-huh. They had taken the tube out. I was breathing on my own. Uh-huh. And uh, the nurse, she's like, I'll give you a nine out of a 10. 
for fighting because most people don't fight that hard. <laughs> I'm like, well, I and you're like, that. and that's why I'm here. And that's why I'm here. But I remember when I first woke up thinking, and okay, well, I can hear you. And in the ICU, there's there's just like all these pumps, and yeah, I have a picture of me. I'm I'm out of my eyes are closed, and you can't. I didn't just the amount of things that were stuck in me and right. pumping things into me and pumping things out of me. Yeah. It was just amazing. Yeah. But I remember waking up and just thinking, okay, well, uh -huh. this isn't so bad. Uh -huh. I'm alive. And I'm alive. I just kind of went from there. And then, well, you're, you're heavily medicated. Uh -huh. So I just kind of went in and out and I saw my girlfriend and my brother showed up for a little bit. Now this isn't during COVID. So Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You were only allowed to have one person, and then these roles changed on the day. Right. Um, right. Whether anybody could come and see you or they couldn't, or. Yeah. My brother, he didn't care. He just, he would sneak in the hospital somehow and show up and, you know, like bring me coffee and a bagel. Here you go. Oh, my gosh. I love that so much. <laughs> but uh, I had this surgery. Uh, I got, you know, back to my room and just like, any other surgery now these days if you have a hip replacement well you're walking within two hours after having that hip replacement yeah. mm -hmm. um and they're like okay well we're gonna go for a walk i'm like okay let's go for a walk and yeah the nurse turned around and i was sitting i i was laying down but i sat up and i was putting my feet on the floor like okay we're going for a walk yeah and she's like whoa 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 right stop like right what she's like we got to get you ready. <laughs> like, okay. And so I just sat there and they had, you know, a strap on me and a walker and yeah. all of, and then I'm, of course I'm hooked up to IV carts and mm -hmm. everything else. Uh, and I walked like out the door and down 10 feet mm -hmm. and I was just standing there like, how far are we going to go? And she goes, how far do you want to go? I'm like, I'd rather go back and sit down again. Yeah. It was great. You did fine. And I walked back and then yeah. I got back in bed. But the next day I probably walked, I don't know, like down the length of the hallway. Yeah. yeah. And was that surprising? Because I have some similar hilarious stories to you and for another day and another podcast. But um, there's been moments similarly when I like come out of surgery and I'm like, you know what I mean? But then going into surgery, I like do my thing and try to be in the best shape as possible. Right. And so I walk into that surgery in the best shape possible. Yeah. And then coming out of surgery for no one or for someone who hasn't experienced that, what was it like? Cause you had probably two days prior, you would have been able to do something really cool, like do a 20 K sure. skiing. Yep. Um, cross country skiing or something like that. Um, but now it's like walking and you're like, okay, I think I'm ready. The nurse said, are you ready to go back? Yep. I'm ready to go back. Yeah. Um, and then you built up, but how did that feel? Like, how did you deal that with that from like a psychological standpoint? You know, what did you mean? <laughs> I've thought about that and yeah. I'm, I, I don't, I guess I don't think of myself as a positive. Like when I talk to you, you're a positive person. <laughs> well, thank and you. I like that. Thank you. Um, but um, I just look at things like that. It's like, okay, well, this is what it is. And now this is what I have to do. Yeah. And, um, there's power in that. Yeah. So I was fortunate that, you know, I could sit up 
like because I could you know bang out a, a bunch of sit-ups if I needed to. Yeah. Um I could just sit up in bed, which yeah. most people in that situation, they're probably a 75-year-old man and yeah, they they know how to operate the remote control, not how to do a sit-up. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that's you know no. against them, it's just that no. I could, I could sit up and because I've done I can't tell you how many kettlebell squats yeah. with heavy kettlebells that I, you know, I've got great quads that I could just sit right, sit right up. Right. And, and then, then holding those kettlebells, you have the stabilization of your spine with your yeah, core. And my core. Yeah. Being able to do that. So I had a very quick recovery. I, they were ready to kick me out in three days. Um, I had just a little uh, blockage in my lung. Uh, my lung hadn't fully inflated in my chest cavity. Mm-hmm. And uh, actually it was my brother. He's like, yeah, you're not going anywhere. You're staying yeah. here until that's fixed. <laughs> Cause I'm not, I love your brother. I'm not He's going awesome. to the hospital with you again, <laughs> but he, Smart. he was great. He uh, stayed with me the whole time. Yeah. Uh, took off from work and got me home. And then, uh, you know, <laughs> The doctor said, well, you, you know, no drinking. Um, and I just wanted to have a glass of wine with dinner. Yeah. My brother's yeah. like, no, you, know, you can't, no wine for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no wine for you. That lasted for, I don't know, a week maybe. I was going to say. I'm listening to you people anymore. Right, right, right. <laughs> but then even then, I just had, you know, a glass of wine with dinner. Yeah. and yeah. Uh, But I could, you know, I got home and I slept in my own bed and I was really concerned about it. You know, how, cause your, your sternum's been cut in half and you can't use your arms for anything. Yeah. Um, but I could roll out of bed and I could, you know, go to the bathroom by myself. Yeah. Um, because I could sit down, I could, yeah. you know, I could stand up again. I didn't need to grab hold of something. Right. Uh, so that was, because I was in good shape, mm-hmm. helped my recovery. And within, I don't know, by the time I went to the cardiologist after the surgery, so I think you go like two weeks later-ish, somewhere in there, okay. um, I, was, I was asking, it's like, well, how fast and how far can I walk? Because mm-hmm. it's just like walk, but take a, you know, like in my neighborhood, I could walk to somebody's house. At least I knew I could sit on their porch if I needed yeah. to. Right, right. And my brother was with me, so, but we would go and walk two or three times a day, and I got up to a mile, mile and a half, I don't know, in a week and a half, by the time I had gone to the cardiologist. Wow, yeah. Um, I wasn't breaking any speed records, but I was doing it. You were doing it? And it wasn't, you know, my brother went home, and uh, I was by myself. And I could get up and, you know, make breakfast and do that. And then I would go for a walk and then I would come back and um, it, it, having a surgery like that, it just takes it out of you. I would, yeah. oh, it's nap time, Yeah, <laughs> which is weird for me because I don't yeah. get to do that uh, normally. But yep. uh, I'm a, I always have been a strong proponent of sleeping, um, that you need to sleep, that mm-hmm. your body recharges when you're sleeping and um you know you can't burn the candle at both ends 
Right. Uh, and so if your body I, is telling you to sleep, then you should listen. Then you should. So yeah. I, you know, I take a nap and I'd wake up. It's like, huh, slept for two hours. Look at that. <laughs> <And then we're, laughs> it was, was kind of nice because I was off work for almost 10 weeks. Wow. Yeah. Um, I read a bunch of books. I would go yeah. to the library and get yeah. more books. And um, I started doing research on what cardiovascular disease is and why. And there's not a lot of good reasons out there. Um, there's lots of theories, but yeah, there's no, there's no one thing. And I think it's a, <laughs> it's a very American thing. I want, I want to know exactly what the one yeah. problem is and then, yeah. then we'll do that. And then we move on to the next thing. Yeah. And yeah. there isn't that one thing. So yeah. it's, I think it's having a decent diet not you know I wouldn't suggest anyone have like a restrictive diet right but a diet that you can live with um yep. I talked to my cardiologist he's like you know Mediterranean diet yep. like, okay I did that I got home that day I ordered Mediterranean mm -hmm. cookbooks yeah. um, I just had that last night for dinner I had uh, yeah. white beans and shrimp with olive oil and onions and peppers in it yeah uh, so it's not I've never been a huge sweet guy so mm -hmm. but i do you know every once in a while i'll have some ice cream or uh cookies yeah you have to you have to live mm -hmm. you know enjoy right. food um mm -hmm. i i know that if i want to lose weight i really need to pay attention to how much carbohydrates i have okay um and then in those cases if i'm actively trying to lose weight for me, it works best if I restrict carbohydrates, but that's not that hard to do for me, at least. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Uh, it's all about progression. Like you naturally yeah. had this progression going. And I love that you have this like amazing blend of action and kind of knowing the data like this is what is happening right now sure. and kind of advocating for yourself, but then making the progression and being able to be like, oh my goodness. So now almost a year later, give us a picture of what you're, you gave us a beautiful picture of like a meal you just had last night, which was perfect. I love that. Give us a picture of what you're enjoying doing in your movement, your workouts. So I'm getting back into, I've been doing some cycling um, not, I'm just going out and riding my bike is what I'm doing. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> sure. That's good. And, Which is awesome. Um, part of having the surgery made me realize that I don't need to, I don't need to stay at a 24 mile an hour pace yeah. uh, for, you know, two hours. Yeah. I just, it was fun when I did that and I enjoyed the guys that I ride with. Yeah. But I don't need to do that. So I get just as much enjoyment out of going to ride in my bike at a 15 mile an hour pace with my girlfriend mm -hmm. and, you know, go out to the beach and watch the sunset. And, um, that's just as enjoyable. Actually, it's more enjoyable. So we've been walking and a little cycling. Um, I'm getting ready to start my training, my cardio training. And I, I should have been doing this all along, but I am where I'm at. Yes. So, uh, and it's perfect where you're at. Yeah. It's so I start training for cross country skiing. Um, I've already signed up for uh, a couple of races. 
um, in January and February. Okay. And so now I'm just, you know, planning how to do a snow dance and, you know, that it snows here where I live and can start okay. training for that. So, so it's almost been a year. It'll be a year here in a, just a couple of weeks. Yeah. So what are you going to do to celebrate when I was going to, um, it's the day before my oldest son's birthday. So I was going to say, Hey, come on over. We're going to have open up a couple of nice bottles of wine and have a nice dinner and, uh, celebrate that I'm alive. (laughs) Celebrate that you are alive. Exactly. (laughs) I I wasn't going to (laughs) be you. I, it was funny. I scheduled, um, a massage on a random Tuesday and I called the schedule and I'm like, you know what? I could really use a massage and I'm going to give myself this gift. And so I schedule and before I hung up with her, she's like, are you celebrating anything? And I said, life that we're yeah. here, yeah. that we get to be here. And Isn't she laughed. She's like, schedule, uh, getting a massage on a random Tuesday. I think, I don't know, whatever it costs you 50, 60, $70, whatever it is. It's the nicest treat that you can do to yourself. It's just like, yeah. Oh yeah, I feel good now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, um, I'm gonna have just a little celebration for I'm gonna call that kind of my new birthday. And, yeah. Uh, I had my physical back in July, and uh, it was I was kind of emotional about that yeah. when I went and saw my doctor, who I hadn't seen since he wrote the test for me. Oh. He'd been following along on the medical charts because he's my primary care physician. So he got all of the reports uh-huh. and he actually sent me a couple of emails like oh, I'm rooting for you or, you know, yeah. this, yeah. you're not doing well on this, uh-huh. which was good. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. But I like, thank you for listening to me mm, yes. because you listened to me. Um, I'm alive today. Mm. And it's, I think he got a little kerflumped also. And I'm like, Okay, let's get on with this physical. Yeah. But I, I, I mean, I truly mean it. You know, if he had not, if he just don't worry about it, your blood works fine. Um, and I hadn't pushed him. I'm like, no, that's not good enough. Yeah. I want something. I want to know what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I wasn't concerned about if I had to pay for the test. It was like, yeah. then You're good. Then I'll just sleep better at night. No. Exactly. You're worth that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So. I, I think too many people want to do it as fast as possible and I'll get to that later. And I mean, you're, you have to be your own advocate mm-hmm. for your own health. Mm-hmm. Um, I know my girlfriend loves me and, and whatnot, but she isn't going to go out and do the work for me. Mm-hmm. She isn't going to go and do the exit. We, we actually do it together, yeah. which is nice. That's even better. Yeah. But, uh, but still you get to choose and you have yeah, to choose yourself. No one else is going to do it for you. Yeah, you no one's going to do it. it. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Okay. Well, we, this was so fun. We could keep going and going and going. Yeah. I so appreciate you taking the time. This is so inspiring. And there were so many nuggets throughout your story that we can take and apply to our own situation. Um, and if anyone reaches out to me, and wants to like get connected with you if they have like some similar struggles or challenges, I would love to connect them and, you know, they can, they know how to reach out to me. Um, But if you wanted to speak 
into the life of someone who is maybe like thinking like, oh my goodness, um, where do I begin? Or like, yes, I have this family history that freaks me out too. It might be different than yours, but I have this family history. What would you say to them when they're like, I don't know where to begin. And I have this and, you know, scary family history that I don't want to just recreate that same thing. Right. There's the analogy that has always just stuck with me. And you say, you know, how do you eat an elephant? Yeah. And it's one one bite at a time. Yeah. And, um, you know, a lot of in, in my job, we get these really big projects that are just like, a massive amount of work and there's a very short amount of time to do it in and um for myself and all the other people that i work with it's like okay let's break this down break your problem down into bite-sized pieces yeah and then eat one at a time and that's all you can do so um i think you know even if you think you have this insurmountable problem and it i i can't get you know, I won't be cured or I won't kick my addiction or I won't, whatever it is, do one thing that day that, you know, go for a walk. And even if that walk is, and for some people, and I know this is no joke, does that mean, can you walk out to the mailbox and walk back? Right. And if you can go do that. Yeah. Start there. Mm-hmm. And tomorrow walk to your neighbor's mailbox and then walk back and just, you know, take one more step, one more little bit. And you're, you're not gonna, you're not gonna eat an elephant in a day. It's going to take a long, long time. Yeah. So I don't know. That's what I would tell anybody that asked me. And I, I think telling my story about my heart problem and how that was resolved. uh, I like telling that story one, because it's, it's kind of out there. It's a, it's a shocker. Uh-huh. Um, you usually get a good reaction, but um, I think it's so important to um, take care of yourself mm-hmm. and ask those hard questions. And yeah, there's a lot of things you don't want to do, but yeah. better than being dead. <laughs> well, that's a mic drop moment if I ever heard one. <laughs> Yes. So I was going to add, like, I love the do one thing, do one thing. What can you do today? Break the problem down, do one thing. And I'll, I'd like to add when you do that thing, celebrate it, Yeah. celebrate it. I would love to hear how you're doing with it. So um, reach out if you want to, but even so, no matter what, like build that muscle up by acknowledging it and celebrating it and don't rely on your you know your partner or these other people to say like you're doing a great job like you said earlier in the conversation like you can borrow my belief you could borrow your partner's belief but at some point let's train you to say ha I did it acknowledge that you're doing it you're showing up and to celebrate that so I'm thank celebrating you today, Pete. Thank you for being thank here. You. <laughs> You're awesome. You are truly making changes you love to live with, right? Yes. Yeah. And 
I just get so pumped when we choose that and know that not every day and not every workout and not every meal and every moment is going to be like, well, this is the best thing ever. No, like most most workouts up. are not that, yeah. but you do it and yeah. then you, you get to go do another one. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. Some days those workouts are great though. Yeah. It's usually right. the ones where, you know, for me, for skiing, um, it's, you know, eight o'clock on a Sunday morning and it's 10 degrees outside and you don't want to be there. But I know the guy I train with, I know that he's going to be there Mm -hmm. and you get out of bed and you go wax your skis and you get in the car and get there. And sometimes we're both, you know, we had a long Saturday night maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And we're like, I don't want to be here. I don't want to do this. And we both go out and then, one guy just makes a little bit of sprint ahead. And then you're like, where, where do you think you're going? And you <laughs> catch them. And next thing you know, you're racing and having a great time. Yeah. And, or some days you're just like, I don't care. I'm 5k and I'm out of here. Yeah, exactly. But still, you did it. And I and think that's the great. important part. Exactly. And both are great. Well, thank you so much. This was awesome to be with you. You're welcome. And I Thanks look forward to doing, me. yeah, I look forward to the next time I get to see you. <laughs> Okay. Talk to you later. Awesome. See ya. Bye. Woo woo. Oh yeah, you did it. This has been another episode of the Making Changes You Love to Live with podcast. I think you know already that I love, love, love helping people just like you become stronger, brighter, bolder versions of yourself. I see something in you that maybe you don't even see yet. Okay. So I just want you to like soak that in and receive it and be like, yes, yes, she's talking to me. I can't wait to warm up with you with a little fitness inspired warm up on Friday to get your blood pumping and do a victory lap on your week. Let's finish with this amazing song by Kaylee Joy. And the intro song is her amazing work as well. So woo woo. Let's do this thing. I love the sentiment of this song and I hope you enjoy it too. Again, thank you for being here. You listening, you sharing your story, being a part of this community, sharing episodes with friends, sharing this podcast with friends. It just makes a world of difference and allows this to happen. So get it, get it. Have a great day and enjoy the song.
This new beginning I've dreamed of's here to stay Yeah, I messed up, but it turns 